Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. How's everyone? Alhamdulillah. I don't know, I'm a little. It's Monday morning. We don't do overrated, underrated. I'm on tired. Morning. Yeah, tired. I'm a bit fuzzy. I'm here with my green juice. It's called Vitamin Energy Juice. Um, apparently, it's got B3, B5, B6, and B12 in it. So hopefully, by the end of the podcast, I'll be like, woo! Bismillah. Let's get going. Um, welcome back to everybody listening. If you haven't heard one of our Two Cents episodes before, this is how it works. Each of us bring two overrated and two underrated to discuss and debate and pick apart. And then we leave it for public scrutiny. So who's doing that overrated, underrated? Oh, Since Selena's got a thesis out, <laughs> why don't we go with you first? No, no, definitely not. I'm not ready. Data. <laughs> Selena's guys can I just say this morning Selena was typing away so on, fast. on a Google <laughs> and if doc, you know me I can't touch type so. on a Google doc and I'm just like what is she doing she must be writing an article my girl's sitting there writing her overrated and underrated so enough let's get you up first she's seeing you for a reason right my fr- am I doing two right yeah, yeah. Right, my first overrated, um, and actually I'm really surprised that we haven't done this earlier, and I had to actually tell the team what it was to double check, Um, but it was triggered from a conversation that I had with Sadia, who runs Everyday Muslim, which is all about archiving uh, Muslim heritage, and they do some really interesting work, Um, and so my overrated is claiming the first hijabi first muslim first person of color whatever box it is that you're ticking title and the reason why is because i feel like we do see it less now than we used to see it maybe that's because everyone's claimed all the ridiculous firsts but the conversation i was having with sadia was about people often claiming to be the first to do something because they actually don't really know about their heritage and their history or even they don't even know about the current day contemporaries mm-hmm. um and i feel like especially in the muslim spaces a lot of the times when it's a muslim woman claiming to be the first in something a lot of the time she's either ignoring or ignorant to her own history or she's actually ignored um <laughs> she's ignorant to the achievements of black Muslim women and that's happened quite a few times there's so there's so many um and I guess recently for Glastonbury Stormzy was dubbed as the first black headliner but actually turned out that there was one in 1990 something and so again it's like well like I, I really like Stormzy so you know not coming for him um, and he also very hum- and he acknowledged it he very humbly acknowledged it and, and apologised whereas I don't see that in the Muslim community everyone just really has this like um, 
obsession with being the first and sometimes they're just so ridiculous but anyway that's my overrated i don't really think it needs anything more anything less and that's that um i would like to add some peanut butter to it i was thinking about this today about like the first etc because preemptively i knew nafisa would come no, i'm joking um i think maybe sometimes people have started coining the first because they saw you know the trajectory of other people's careers once mm. they claim the first mm. and then they thought you know what if i pursue that because yeah. w- when we talk about this i've often had conversation with people like oh you know i want to be the first person who does da, da, da. i want to be the first girl at uni who which is great just be excellent mm. is obviously the pursue mm. but i'm like right that's really just the goal mm. and i think sometimes it's because we've seen people's careers mm. actually catapult from Mm. being the first Mm. you know whatever it is and um i don't know if this as well intertwines slightly with scarcity mentality Mm. like i don't know i just think it's really disingenuous to to claim the first title for yourself Mm. because how how do you really know Mm. that how do you unless it's something like something well documented like i remember seeing this woman who said in at cambridge she was the first black woman with a phd in that certain i can't remember what field it was and something like that (laughs) and there's certain there's certain sectors and industries and stuff like that where like you can very legitimately call yourself the the first person to land on the moon yeah (laughs) or you know whatever it is but i feel like we just have really cheapened it and made it a ridiculous title So my second one is based on personal experience. Um, All right. (laughs) Overrated is going for coffee. I say this, people, yeah, because I get DMs saying, hey, we'd love to meet for a coffee. Mm. I get emails saying we should definitely meet for a coffee. And I like meeting people, but I don't want to drop five pounds every time I'm meeting someone. And at this- Wait, not even your friends? No, I don't. Especially for a coffee that I don't want. Oh, Do you know shit. why I say this? Cause but you don't have to drink coffee. Yeah, no, but the, the, the problem is yeah. you have to meet somewhere where you have to spend money. So the reason I wrote this was because I had a week where I had... They were all work meetings, right? Mm. And I went to meet person A, coffee shop, £5. And then person B, we went and had... Okay, not coffee, had juice. Five pounds each. Why is the bill ten pounds? Yeah. What? Yeah. And juice. Me and, her, and we were both like mm. and again, like if you're me and I've okay. Where did you go? That's we just went to like a juice place. Went, and, yeah, but even to just sit in once you have service tax and blah 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 blah. It it adds up. You're not gonna pay one pound fifty in central London for a drink, are you? And also the reason that I did um bring this up is because a couple of weeks ago someone said oh hey would love to meet you and selena um for lunch and then she said actually instead of going out to lunch how about i just cook and i bring us all some food which is so nice and it was so nice because we sat in the park and we just ate Uh, so that was more for a social setting but i don't know what the solution is for a professional setting but i can't be spending five pound on coffee anymore guys i just don't want to do it anymore so why don't you just do like oh is there a local park gallery museum near you it's the setup it's same it's same even in the gallery what you can do sit on a bench together yeah and look at a painting for a professional meeting i don't know maybe you know what sometimes you hear about these like 
CEOs, whatever it is, people that are running businesses, people that are just doing things a little bit differently. Maybe we just have to break the mold a little and, and just, you know, you be the first to suggest it. So I don't mean to name drop, but <laughs> <laughs> when I went to America, I actually met Mark Zuckerberg's sister. Is it? <laughs> and we went to a coffee shop and the coffee shop was busy. Like it was quite a small one. Yeah. So she was like, oh, do you want to take it to go? Hello. And then... I personally felt like she was trying to put me through my paces and see how fit what? I was. What? Because she was like, should we walk and talk? And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then we walk and talked up one of the steepest hills in San Francisco. <laughs> and I honestly, I was huffing and puffing by the time I got to the top. Um, but it's quite nice. It was nicer than sitting there. Do you know what I mean? And it's dynamic, isn't it? Especially if you're doing me- meetings like But Lauren. the elephant in the room, British weather, guys. Yeah, I mm. mean, it's not just happening. Not so why don't we? The movement is summertime. Get outdoors for your meetings. Yeah, someone needs to create a co-working space where you can bring your own. Yeah, bring your own. On that note, it's just a little reminder. It's not a meet enough to become overrated, underrated. So I thought I'd slip it in here because it's got to do with coffee. What is not? I can't say the word overrated. What is not overrated is meeting for coffee for yourself. Mm. so my friend <laughs> my friend she gave me I was telling her how like it's so important to just sit with yourself these lot are laughing at me it's so important to just sit with yourself more often so you can block out the noise and just listen to what your mind actually is telling you and then she was like oh her career coach actually calls it booking coffee with yourself that's nice yeah so booking a coffee in yourself is like you're actually going out you're taking yourself for a coffee and you sit down and you know the conversation you're having at a meeting it's mm. almost having that conversation with yourself so selena's tip just you know slipped in there we've got bare helicopters out here they're trying to track us and wonder what we're talking about in the podcast um, after you sarah oh okay well well i did actually think of one i've had to borrow one from one of our previously rejected podcast episodes so i'm going to give this a go let's yeah. say it with your chest babes okay i'm saying it with my chest right <clears throat> ultimate waffle <coughs> um my first overrated is going abroad for your holiday because i'm repping english country didn't you just come back from new york yes and this is why i say so because mm. i spent a lot of muller away america is an incredibly Wait, hang on, you place. just said it's overrated no i don't i don't regret doing that but i've got i've just come back and everybody's like we want to go on holiday again um because everybody's just in holiday mode and um, everybody's looking to go What's elsewhere. What's everybody doing for a living? Uh, I know, <laughs> this is what I mean. This is just ties into my... Because we're all brassic. I don't know why everybody's fronting. I'm like, like right, these lot are moving no, away. No, I literally, it's, everybody's on You're okay, stuff. cheap, you know. It's not, it's I'm not. like, oh, Brighton's a bit expensive at the moment. <laughs> I've, I've actually been rinsed. Um, complete, New York is a complete bump. Don't regret going abroad, but I feel like a good... Like, if you, if you save up to do a good holiday once a year, that's, like, good enough. And if you ever wanted to get away, I feel like parts of the English countryside get really overlooked. If you ever want to get away, I think they can do, like, a really good job. I have a rebuttal. Uh-oh. Ready. I didn't, you know what, I fully didn't come with this with my chest. And, um, <coughs> I'd like to do it. some marketing. If anyone lives in Cornwall, anyone in Cornwall, can I have a floor to sleep on? I have two children. A garage will do. Even a tent in the garden. You know what? Anyone in Cornwall? Knowing you, someone will actually come through. Let's see, innit? Um, the thing is, like, I, alhamdulillah, I managed to travel a lot of England when I was quite young. Um, 
and I've seen some really beautiful parks that actually get overlooked quite a lot and I think if you have the resources you should make the most of getting away in the UK it's really mm. beautiful and there's nowhere else like it I, I, wow. I, I believe they always say wow. that yeah, the, un, the English countryside I'm sorry is unparalleled like it has its own thing it's there's, so so beautiful now something's lost because those <laughs> helicopters have been <laughs> in the air for a time is there a prison around here? Do, do you think there's like a royal thing going on? Probably. Them royals, you know, spending bare money. Because I saw some, I saw a formation <clears throat> the other day in Stratford. So maybe they were practicing. Oh, there we go. Okay. Um, yeah, but the, the, the only thing is, I, I, I say it. I say it with a pinch of salt because it is really expensive as well to travel the UK. That was going to be my rebuttal. So yeah. you might as well go out of the UK <laughs> and get good weather. Yeah, but you got like it train- is if you don't book in advance. No, but even then, really, it's expensive, man. It's, it's, it's worth the weather it, you know. It's like, it beautiful. Cornwall is like super. Like to stay in somewhere like St. Ives is just like. I don't know. I think there's a different, um, a different spark about understanding that the place that you live in is beautiful. Because often we try and like, you know, we're always seeking and searching for something that isn't here. You know, like oh, wouldn't it be we glamorize a lot of other destinations, but. To know actually that the land that you live in is so beautiful. It really is. I think I th- I think it. I don't think it gets talked about enough. I'm I'm tapped out of this one, guys. Sam, I want to like book. I want to <laughs> book, book. Go to Wales next weekend. It's no, I'm to I'm to ready Brecken. to go to Malta anyone, and Tokyo. Anyone in Wales? <laughs> Wales. hundred. I'm with you. Brecon's lovely. Anyway. Okay. All right, sorry. You have to do ten places to visit in the UK. All right, sorted. Really? Yeah, I'll right. do it. Okay, so my second overrated is a bit of a reach, but I'm going to give it a go anyway. Mm. Um, I was having a little bit of a think about um, time from a linear perspective and our understanding of it. It's about to get deep now. Well, it, deep and probably bookie as well. I'm not that nuts, but anybody who's watched Dark, is, guys. I really am. Netflix has this TV show. It's German and it's called Dark. So if anybody's watching it or about to watch it, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, I'm about to give everything away. <laughs> um, um, it basically uh, is this, it takes a while to build up, but it basically explores the, our understanding of time. Um, and the overarching theme is actually um, prede- predestination and mm. um, the master plan. So um I've actually had a friend watch it more than I have, and she's because I, I always like series? spoilers. Yes, yeah, a series. Okay. It's really good. I'd recommend it, but I I found I found it a bit hard to follow just because it is so like complicated and it's abstract. Yes, and mm. um, but the, I mean, it does actually end it's up like Matrix, where you get it yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but you know, it takes so a few times to watch it. <laughs> um, I do believe so much in this whole like. I swear it's going to get a bit booky, but I do believe in like alternate realities, or I think at least it deserves some kind of exploration, um, especially since it's coming up. It's quite trendy, even in like popular culture in terms of film. And yeah, so um, I was having a little think about uh, time and um, we were having conversations in the office about it and uh, even concepts like deja vu and where all of that comes from. Uh, and it sometimes when I have those conversations um, with myself, even I... Uh, I do feel a sense of relief. Um, I think it ties in quite well to your overrated that's, I think, about to follow. Um, I think, or or something about confidence in Allah, right? I think either you said it before Mm. or after me. Um, 
because everything is is written but i think it especially in the, in the context of islam that gets not misunderstood but it mm. it just gets it, it gets a bit too intense for people to understand in, w- with regards to da and um, how much effort they should be putting into any one thing that they're focusing at any time. So it also ties in quite ni- nicely to the whole goal setting thing. Mm. Um, for me, watching this like series, uh, which is fictional, um, and just reading around it a bit and having these conversations, I think my understanding of time as a linear perspective is becoming a little bit more holi- like holistic mm. and um, just looking at the ways in which we do have control over which version of our lives we're living and why certain souls and why certain things feel quite familiar to us um, and how that can also impact our course and our destiny and it also reaffirms my faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the master plan quite a lot um, so yeah it's a bit of it's a bit of a reach I tried to make it happen um, with regards to it being overrated or at least our understanding of time but I think it is something everybody should kind of look what into do you a little mean bit you're more. looking at it more holistically like especially within the Islamic tradition as well there are so many um, things that we talk about with regards to destiny mm. um, and uh, also our um, agency as human beings because mm. a lot of it is um, a lot of our literature, a lot of our tradition focuses on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as the creator and the predeterminer and it's all true and it's not contestable and that's not at all what I'm alluding to but um, I think what often gets lost, what often gets lost, left out of the conversation is how much willpower we have and the fact that that was there at the forefront before we even existed mm-hmm. as human beings is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked us if we wanted free will and we consented to it and I think that um, our free will often gets, or our our our, um, our agency often gets waylaid. We just we we get quite complacent, thinking that everything mm. is predetermined. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and it's all linear, and that life works like that, and that they, you know, oh, happens so when it happens. It's, if it's destined, right, yeah. and that so many realities are out of our reach, etc. And it really doesn't work like that. So I sat down with someone not too long ago, and I, we were trying to figure out how do I like facts dua factors into that as well and I think it fits quite nicely me and my own little theory getting all crazy in my room is just looking at da as a way to steer us onto a different version of a reality that runs parallel to the one that we're living right now because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has this whole world of the unseen like it's so dense and it's so mm. amazing and I and it might even be a little bit of escapism for me just having a little like think about it but um yeah i think in terms of it being holistic and stuff i think if we think about energy and the way that that's being talked about recently mm. like mm. i think that ties into it quite well Everybody as well burning sage <laughs> yeah. um, but like manifesting certain re- realities etc like there's so much to talk about here um time is not just one long like yeah. linear course for us i was actually um there was this tweet thing going around and it's basically saying, um, 2020 is six months away. Don't let anyone waste your time. And <laughs> this weekend, I was just like, yeah, that person who's wasting your time could be yourself, yeah. number one. Most um, likely probably is probably yourself. Probably is yourself, right? Because everyone's like, yeah, you know, allow that bad company. I'm like, no, that company could be yourself. Like, you can't allow yourself. You need to fix up, number one. And it's that whole, the willpower thing. And the second part of that was, you know, it's 2020 in six months. And I was just saying, you know what? I'm living my own in my own timeline. I'm going to achieve my goal in nine months, which is, you know, oh, I'm not going to achieve it by December 2019. I failed. 
No, we all have, you know, it depends. If you're embarking on something now, it might take a while to to mm-hmm. change that. And I just think something... Did you comment on it now? You said something about millennial? No. And um, it's that whole, you know, time is a concern. Um, I've made dua. If I'm running mad late for something really important, I'll be like, yeah, Allah, please slow down the five minutes. Please let the five minutes go as if it were an hour. Yeah. And just because you're like, I'm not in control of this time. I can yeah. run as fast as I can. But Allah can actually, anything Slow is impossible. Down, yeah. yeah, anything is possible. And I've made dua like that. Like, you know, Allah, like, let this time go really quickly because I can't bear it. I've been like, please uh, give me like time in my day. Like, yeah. give me yeah. a long day. And I believe, I, I believe it, yeah. in, I think even if you think about the hadith, it made me feel like about. it was a long day yeah like, yeah in a good way like i've got lots of time to do things but sometimes you can't even like explain it away psychologically or circumstantially or anything it just it it just did happen like, oh, like that right so and that we talk about there's so much um islamic literature around baraka and how mm. that and how that affects your time and then also towards the end of time will we'll be speed will, sp- will speed up and slow down right depending that on be the, the artwork for the next podcast okay yeah, all right. I think that's my overrated. It's a bit of a reach, but... Thanks, Sarah. No worries. If anyone is a specialist in this area, <laughs> do get in touch. I'd love to hear more. But I, Mystic I... Meg! <laughs> Selena, can I have your first overrated? Yeah, I'd like to uh, introduce my first overrated with a video. Um, now I'm checking out. What am I doing? Overrated? Yeah. yeah. Okay, my first overrated... Now bear with me before, like, and I'm still trying to think about this. I know what you're gonna say. What? Don't we? No. No, I wouldn't know if you can guess it. You can say we don't have enough data on our struggles. Incorrect. So one thing I see a lot of in social media, on social media, when we're talking about mental health, um, race, Islamophobia. Um, you know, income inequality, you know, various issues. Often we just say, oh, you know, it's really good that we're raising the issue. And sometimes, like, especially, you know, over the last few years with the conversations around mental health, it's been, you know, it's really good that we're having a conversation. It's really good that we're raising the issue. And sometimes I think that we consistently just stop there and we don't go any further. Um, and I understand the importance of just raising the issue, but I'm also beginning to see examples of people who are going actually leaps and bounds further. And I wanted to kind of hail two women who were who were doing this, and they are doing work specifically in um, spaces where lots of conversation has happened, mm-hmm. lots of issue raising has happened. You know, we've we've read the tweets, the experiences, all of this. But nothing, one thing I think why it's problematic sometimes is because raising the issue is probably step one, but then how do we actually fix the issue, right? Mm-hmm. So the two examples will, I think, give a, a bit more understanding on what I actually mean. So right. the first sister is Sakena of Black Muslim Forum. Um, they are on Twitter and Instagram. And the second person is Halima Akhtar, who has recently started an initiative called the Female Mosque Experience. And both these two women are collecting data, um, Sakena specifically on anti-blackness and colorism in the Muslim community. Uh, Halima, she's basically tra- has set up a forum where m- women can record their experiences in particular mosques. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, in terms of the outcomes of what they're going to do with these data, that's various and it's a bit more deeper. Go away and look into that. Mm-hmm. 
But it's really good that they're taking it to the next step because actually then this data can be presented to whether it be mosques, um, other spaces, etc. And I think sometimes for people to really understand the issue, they need to see numbers. Yeah. They need to see, okay, yeah, cool. We, we hear a lot about anti-blackness. But if there is a specific data for, um, you know, every 10, every t- out of every 10 um, black Muslims, X amount have experienced it, then I'm not saying that it validates it because people's experience of just listening to their stories should be enough, right? But I think when you're engaging with organizations or other bodies, then they do ask for this type of groundwork Mm -hmm. to begin with, not just a collection of experiences. So yeah, I just wanted to say kind of sometimes it's a bit overrated. All we're doing is raising the issue. And if you feel like you're someone who kind of, you keep on seeing certain issues being raised, you can be that person who begins to collect the data, you know, whatever it is, it doesn't necessarily have to be data, but going that extra mile and looking at what that extra mile is. So, um, you alluded to something mm-hmm. in the first one, you talked about confidence, um, lack of self-esteem perhaps. And I was listening to a re- I'm going to play the interview for you guys. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys. Who's that? Stormzy. Wise words from Brother Stormzy there. <coughs> so, um, so I watched a recent video um, by Uncle Stormzy recently, and Uncle Stormzy was saying that you know it's a beautiful shame that there are people who exist that have incredible skills in a specific area, and they live their life never having used them or applied them. And he says a lot of that is perhaps j- down to confidence. And he does break down, like, you know, for some, like, confidence comes easy. For others, we have to work on it. And he was also given an example because um, he was ref- talking to people on a mic um, in a space. And he was like, you know, confidence isn't just coming and taking this mic and, you know, having a, a, a you know, talking to the audience, etc. There's definitely different levels of confidence. Mm. Um, or different types. Different types of confidence. Yeah, he was saying, you know, you can be just sitting back and have that confidence. But somebody actually sent me that video on Instagram and they're like, oh, this reminds me of you in the sense that you and your sister have so much confidence in terms of how you embark on Amalia. And when she said that to me, I was like, I have confidence. I was a bit like, I was like, oh, no, that's not me. I'm the one Stormzy's probably talking about. But then I realized that I think one thing me and Nafisa have done is there's different types of confidence, yeah? And as Muslims, we have God confidence, Mm. and when you're con- if and this is specifically as well for people who don't have confidence within themselves is almost don't focus on that focus on your god confidence because that will feed inherently your your own confidence um and i just wanted to you know it's almost like it's extra dimension to yourself you're having a divine confidence mm. which is far beyond any self confidence you can have and even if you do that it's you know, it's a lot better to have that God confidence because it's almost saying, you know, yeah, I will respond to 100 emails because Allah will help me to. That's a different dimension altogether. And I wanted to read something that I often actually go back to. So self-confidence also emanates from knowing that Allah in his infinite mercy has equipped you with all that you require to undertake the task before you. It is not characteristic of the one who is the most just and most merciful to prepare you for a duel without equipping you with the necessary tools. Self-confidence is thus born out of a total reliance in and trust in Allah. It's knowing that every step of your journey, Allah is there assisting you. Um, Naf, can you read the second paragraph? 
Self-confidence is thus born of total reliance and trust in Allah. It is knowing that at every step of your journey, Allah is there assisting you. So if you constantly hold yourself back, believing that you are weak and incapable and blame your incompetence on minor inadequacies, then you are bound to fail. Yeah, I mean, there's I like that. Do you like it? I like it. Yeah, but yeah, I just wanted to say, if you are having issues around your confidence, I would start trying to gain some of your confidence from, I guess, that reliance on Allah, mm. not relying so heavily on yourself. I know I've spoken about this concept before, but I feel like this is in a different way. Episode one. Episode one, Amalia. I mean, I hate plugging that because I'm like crying in it. <laughs> Oh, that could be a quote self-confidence it's already come back right my underrated so my first one is actually for selfish reasons because i need some help mm. um underrated <coughs> underrated underrated is um transitioning from not buying fast fashion um Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Because everyone talks about fast fashion and it's evil and all of this stuff. And then I, I feel like there's this middle space where... It, it like the conversation often feels very all or nothing yeah. around fa- like either you're evil and you buy fast fashion or either you're like a holy soul and you upcycle everything and you go to charity shops and blah 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 yeah. um i'm sorry <laughs> i would say i'm somewhat in not even in the middle i'm just trying to get yeah, away. i would say you're static you're, I'm you're trying just not stuck. to buy <laughs> yeah i'm just stuck <laughs> <clears throat> she she wore a polo neck last week. Can I just repeat? Nafisa wore a polo neck in the hot hot weather. She's not upgrading her wardrobe it was my, due to it was my ethical reasons. It was my thinnest polo neck, guys. <laughs> um, polo neck. If if I wore it by itself, you'd be able to see my bra. That's how thin it was. You know, Aisha. Sometimes she puts on a polo neck and she's like, "Look, I'm being naffle colour." <laughs> Like for my five-year-old who's done this one, she, since she was four to put a polo neck on and know that's her auntie is something and um fyi me and nafisa sisters i came across someone who didn't know that the oh, other day really? so i just feel like i should put it out there because our dynamic might be a bit the, other, the bombshell normally is the fact that we have another sister oh yeah <laughs> there was like what that's another one um big up to sonica hi son she, she don't even listen, listen. <laughs> <laughs> she's that that one isn't it um yes yeah, so um just really an underrated for myself 
Um, so yeah, last year I made a decision to try and stop consuming as much fast fashion as I was. And I just kind of got to a point where I was like, what gives me the right to constantly purchase things knowing that someone else is not being treated very well mm. to create that thing that I'm wearing and then we also had like Hoda Katabi on Small Talk who spoke about what's the consequence of having um, of wearing something that's touching your skin that's a product of violence mm. um, and she kind of just broke down like fast fashion and ethical fashion and things like that um, and so I, I wouldn't say I've done like a hard stop, but I am trying. And so I haven't really bought anything since probably November, November uh, like November, December. So about six months. Oh, wow. Nah, really? Yeah. But the thing is, that's all been one, one season, like one weather type. Right. So mm. it's it's been quite easy because you just pull the next, isn't it? And then... Um, I just thought, yeah, I'll just wear what I have. And I was like, yeah, I'm getting on, on really well with this. Like, you know, I'm not buying anything. I don't feel tempted to buy anything. This ethical fashion is easy. Yeah. And then the weather hit and it's now hot. And I... You would have thought clothes wouldn't be as much of a problem in hot weather, but we Muslims... Yeah, it's... Um, honestly, I'm really struggling. And so, like, last week I bought a jumpsuit from Monkey because I feel like they... They're all right. Shout so out owned by H and M. So how all right are they? Listen, everybody trying. But you, but, okay, right. So <laughs> I bought a jumpsuit for twenty pound. But how, how I can't be wearing that same jumpsuit every day, isn't it? But um, yeah, every week I, you can. Yeah, but um, yeah, I am quite struggling guys and I feel like the options are like fast fashion and then I've looked into ethical brands like for Eid I really wanted to wear something new because obviously Sunna wear something new but uh, again like and I thought okay you let me be buy sewing that last year <laughs> yeah and I thought okay let me like buy something from one of these ethical brands and it was just too expensive and beyond that it just wasn't nice I just didn't like what I was seeing they're quite basic cuts and yeah and it's like I feel like with fast fashion, you're prepared to pay for something you don't love mm. because you're like, oh, it's like eight quid. Whereas if I'm buying something that's ethical, that's like 80 quid, then... I need to love that. Yeah, I need to really love it, especially if I'm saying this is going to stay in my wardrobe. Yeah. And I think we have to have a really real conversation around the cost of ethical pieces. Yeah. Um, you know, I bought a jumper um, a while ago from Know The Origin. It was like a little, you know, the black sweatshirt, which I ended up wearing every single week. And then it got to the point where like, wow, this is getting used quite a lot. I kind of put it away because it's starting to fade <laughs> and stuff. But I, I don't know. With me, I believe that like the pursuit of this whole ethical lifestyle, ethical yeah. fashion wardrobe, it's going to take time. Yeah, like I'm wearing this shirt. It's from Uniqlo. For me, it's cotton. Okay, mm -hmm. so at least I'm sourcing ethical material or like, sorry, I'm sourcing. I think that's what it is. We need to educate ourselves more is yeah. the material is sustainable. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, are the practices ethical? I'm not sure. And it's about understanding like, is it sustainable fabric mm -hmm. or is it is it ethical as well? Because yeah. mm -hmm. sometimes the fabric it's isn't. Yeah. yeah, there's different understanding. So it's about 
how are you embarking on it number one number two if i this p this shirt for example i'm wearing this is the second summer that i'm wearing mm-hmm. i hope that it lasts me a few more years and the pieces that i have bought that have been from like fast fashion i'm making sure that i'm kind of just wearing them to the point of like the threads are coming away mm. and i think it's just because even when you do start buying ethical there's something about when you change your mind shift and understanding you know what i need to look after my clothes yeah mm. Not just like that's what fast fashion does. You know, you end up having piles and piles Throw of clothes away, yeah. that you're not even looking after. You're not treating with like, I guess, love and respect. And you just keep some around because yeah, oh, you might. I think that's exactly. And I have a really limited wardrobe now, but it means that I, I have, have to limit- look after everything. I have a limited winter wardrobe. Yeah, but, but you look after things. Okay. Oh, I have another one, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Can I be second underrated? Right. My second underrated is a book. And I'm not going to say too much about it. Um, and the book is called Feminist Edges of the Quran. And it's by Aisha Hidayatullah. Um, and I'm recommending it because I think Amalia readers and listeners and Mali community will really like it. Um, I don't let the fact that it has the word feminist in the title put you off. Um, I'm someone who I don't call myself a feminist. Um, oh, did you just say that? Yeah, I don't. And I know everyone thinks Neither I do. do I. But everyone thinks, yeah, I don't call myself a feminist and I don't label myself a feminist. And this book actually unpicks why you might not resonate with feminism. And actually the author says, ideally I wouldn't have even put feminist in the title. But she was like, anytime a woman talks about equality she's labeled with feminism anyway so i just thought i'd use it anyway um <laughs> and she also talks about asma Barlas. asma Barlas. she speaks about quite a few female scholars in her book um and their sort of um work and what they've strived for mm-hmm. and one of the female scholars also says like i don't like feminism being associated with my work because she sees feminism as a colonial violent pursuit and she said i don't want any of my work to be um so i i that's that's not even saying you know i don't really relate to no 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 she just says my work cannot be like associated to something that was violent um and i think it's quite a nuanced book like it's not the sort of book that is there to sort of um give you all the answers and one of the things Mm. it says is near the end um it will make you feel uncomfortable at times and really yeah because it's it it, i think it's quite balanced in its approach and there's even a section where it says we can't demand the quran to give us what we want in our own ideas of equality and values and gender equality and things like that and i think it's a really honest read um so yeah that's my underrated and it's just really interesting and makes me realize more than ever that the patriarchy is trash okay cool underrated underrated all right okay so my first underrated one second my first underrated i'm gonna keep quite short again um but this time, just because we have something coming up, and I don't want to spoil too much, Ooh. we have something new coming up on the podcast, and um, it's got a lot to do with love and relationships and marriage in the context of the Muslim community, and I was having a little discussion with the ladies, and I was thinking for my underrated this week, I'd actually like to explore dating as 
something underrated for Muslim women. Mm. Um, I think it's more looking at or exploring what dating means in the context of the Muslim community, especially for women, as opposed to, I think, dating is fine and great. Um, yeah, I, I do think there's so much nuance to this conversation and interviewing the people that we have for the podcast um, and, yeah, exploring some of other people's experiences and opinions. It's really added to my personal understanding of what courting, lol, looks like in the Muslim community. Um, and, yeah, I think terms like halal dating and dating are thrown around a lot because we're trying to describe a very complicated stage of courting mm. and, and mm. I think it gets conflated with a uh, mainstream understanding of what dating is and I, mm. I think we shouldn't be as quick coffee? to judge. Hmm? <laughs> Do you get that? I'm doing coffee at the moment. Hollywood, you finish the date and then like coffee. Would you like to come in for a coffee? It's still dating, isn't and it? And it's like, Did she, she invited me for a coffee. So yeah, don't go to well. his house, guys. No, <laughs> no, no allow the shisha and the coffee at the yard. Harder. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a really good listen. I'm really looking forward for, to us putting it out. Um, I think, yeah, I think it would be a good conversation starter to start thinking about dating. It would be really interesting to hear what um, everyone listening thinks about dating before we put out the podcast as well, mm. because, um, you know, it might start some really important dialogue that I think needs us and would help facilitate this whole really difficult, complicated journey everybody seems to be going on. Inshallah. Yeah, and that's my underrated for this week. It's a little bit... Thanks, Sarah. A little bit vague, but... I like it, I like it. Okay, and my second one is... Goal setting. Okay, yeah, so my second underrated is goal setting, and I say this because it's been in conversation a lot at HQ uh, recently. Last week, I showed Nafisa my spreadsheet for goal setting and it's in your timetable <laughs> it was intense to say the least i think i've always had a problem with goal setting and it's actually i think a lot of people do. a lot of people yeah. it's a real it's a universal struggle i would yeah. like the the new year's resolution thing is a running joke since time immemorial like everybody's just finding it difficult but it actually ties in quite nicely to what you were saying about confidence because i think that um whereas i didn't understand this before goal setting is actually a really important part of building confidence I completely mm. agree with what uh, Stormzy said and that was only really explained to me later on in life that some people aren't actually born with a certain degree of confidence mm. and yeah I think goal setting is one of those things I never really saw as a way to achieve and build confidence but actually the more you do achieve your goals the more confident you are about navigating the world and um, I think that's where a lot of people fall short because of the difficulties of it so we were talking about goal setting and we had to look at my spreadsheet, timetable, li list, whatever. And I, it was just completely like filled with like 5 million things to do every single day. And I was just- Is this the work one? No, no this is my personal, personal one. one. It was like a extra, you know when you see an extracurricular timetable, it looked like that. It's just, it was, it's, it's bad. It's a start. I mean, planning is a really important part of the process. But... You're good at planning, Sarah. Oh, yeah, but I mean, for some reason, I'm falling short in this particular department. I think it's because... It takes patience. It's patience. Mm. Like, it, it's such a, an important combination of factors and personality traits and mm. um, having to build those habits as well. Mm. And I think, like, the one thing that I still probably haven't registered is that um, achieving goals does take time mm. and patience. And um, Nafisa actually um, sent me a paragraph this morning um, 
about willpower and it was explaining that everybody has a certain amount of willpower every day um and when i read it, it was in the context of what um, really yeah oh when i read it, what it was do you in, mean you have a you a have quota. will no but you have willpower and if you're like expending your energy on 10 different goals which all require a high level of willpower say you're quitting smoking you're trying to eat healthy you're trying to budget you're trying to wake up early you're doing this overhaul of your life all at once it's going to be harder for you to achieve your goals because you're fatiguing your willpower through trying like it's they yeah. they talk about it so i'm reading a book about willpower <coughs> and they talk about it being like this thing that actually decreases if say if you're working on 10 different goals versus just taking one goal at a time and then you won't expend all your willpower and you're more likely to reach that goal yeah I totally believe in it like I I read when I read it it was in the context of addiction so people who have alcohol addictions or drug addictions they were saying that one of the ways that you can do it especially if you're going cold turkey is by focus focusing solely on not breaking your addiction don't try to achieve anything else Mm. um and to yeah. address your addiction with food but don't work out yeah really yeah because yeah, i otherwise you'll just because i think too thing too many things on your plate to yeah focus on. And imagine if you're starting from zero right now you have to eat well That's and you have to work now. <laughs> i'm trying to do that now so, guys i yeah it's something that in principle i really really agree with i think it's like you have to be patient enough to focus on one project at a time mm. because for me like i'm just like well actually i really want to be a superstar by the end of july or whatever so yeah i'm gonna commit myself to focusing on one of my goals in particular for three months before moving on and i think it's a good way to look at it one project at a time um something so i'm doing some goal planning at the moment and uh audio book that i was listening to yesterday is called the art of exceptional living and it talks about how this guy came to him and he said what are your goals and he was like, uh, I, I don't have any. And he was like, okay, where can I find them? Are they like written down somewhere? And he was like, uh, no. And he was like, if you don't have your goals, I can tell you what your bank balance is. Ooh. And yeah, and he was he was saying how like you, like he was talking about goals as if like you must have goals. And it's fine for them to constantly change, but mm. you must constantly like think about what your goals are. And then one of the exercises that he does is he says, okay, take some time to write at least 50 goals and he, that you want to achieve between one and 10 years. And it can be anything, can be big, small. Like one of the things I wrote is um, to become trained as a chef, right? And then another one I wrote was to become black belt. Another one I wrote was to have um, journalists all around the world for Malia and like all various ones. And then they say, go through your 50 goals and next to them write, so write either one, three, five, or ten next to them. I feel like I'm so impressed. Like three, two, yeah. one. And it's really interesting to see like what you perceive as three, what you perceive as ten, and how many you'll put in one because there's like the reality that you have to do. Isn't it, it partly on importance? You're like, well, I really want to do that, but yeah, you know, yeah, there it, there is. So like, there's there's priorities. So like some some ten year goals might just be nice to have. You know, you're not like I love it. I want to be a, a landscape gardener. Yeah, mm. but yeah. I'm I'm not. I don't want to do that in the next two years or yeah, three years exactly. or five years even. Exactly. Um. So you either write one, three, five, or ten next to them, and then then what you do is you go through the ones, through the threes, through the fives, through the tens, and you start the four most important ones. And so, for example, you might have landscape 
Gardener is one of your not important ones, so you put don't put star next to it versus your other ones, and then it helps you prioritize. And then I'm not on the next part of the book, but that was the exercise. Oh. <laughs> okay, so what I want to I feel like all of mine are relating today, but we talked about a little bit about data, we talked about raising the issue. More recently, we've actually, I think what's underrated is talking about sex. Mm. And I don't mean just having surface conversations. Like we're talking about like deep diving, excuse the pun, into conversations around sex. And I feel like, so recently we actually launched the Amalia Sex Education Survey. If you haven't um, seen it, check out um, the link in Instagram. Um, Twitter it's pinned um, I think the Facebook community group as well and the Facebook community group if you are on Facebook there is actually a private Amalia Facebook community group which you can join um, please fill it out it's really to just help people with sex education whether you are married whether you haven't had sex whether you've been having sex for a while and it's just not I don't know pleasurable um, like a spectrum of different things and the first part initially we launched um, after talking about an experience where someone reached out to one of us and she just got married and she was having difficulties and like embarking on that specific area of her life within the marriage and we've just you know we've heard a few other anecdotes as well so we thought you know what like me and Nafta want to sit here giving sex advice um so why don't we reach out to the wider community and it's almost that whole like big sister little sister thing where we kind of share each other's secrets and stuff um, but I also wanted to add, like, as women, like, you know, we talk about so many things in our friend circle. Talk about sex. Um, and, yeah, talk about sex. You know, if you're struggling, turn, turn to someone. Do not suffer in silence. And with that conversation, I wanted to give away, give three tips. Number one, go to the GUM clinic where you can get a sexual health checkup. Um, number two is talk about contraception, talk about pregnancy, um you know if you're trying to get pregnant you know there's a lot of conversations to be had around that like um pregnancy health preparing yourself what should you should be taking um ovulation um you've got all the apps and stuff and then contraception um we have a piece on amalia where it outlines i think it's 13 Mm -hmm. 13 different types of contraception and don't just like go and like you know read about it and choose whatever it is like if you know someone who perhaps you know if you've got friends and family ask them like more than likely that they might be taking some form of contraception um and seek advice you know see what their experiences are like me and my friends we do talk about things like the injection the pill the effect it's had on people why they would do this why they wouldn't do that um yeah so talk about that the next one is if you are struggling in your sex life or sexual health or struggling with sorry if you're struggling in your sex like like seek help i'm not necessarily perhaps on this occasion you don't want to turn to a friend or family it might be you need to turn to a professional do that because it can really affect your relationship as well um and it's not about suffering in silence pregnancy care because sometimes you know you we often place so much importance on the getting pregnant part of it Mm -hmm. that we forgot get about actually how you meant to take yourself uh, take care of yourself during pregnancy do you actually know the changes that happened in your body like for example, like the NHS give free dental care to pregnant women. And everyone's like, wow, that's amazing. I'm like, yeah, but that's because your gums get loose. Like, there's a... Ver- no. There's yeah. a... Ver- you, you, you... You what? Yeah. Oh, God, I've just put someone off. But yeah. So you get free dental care when you're pregnant. And then I think a few months after that. Your gums get loose. Your teeth can fall out. What? I'd also... Um, 
if you Google Mahin Khan, STDs, marriage and Amalia, there's a piece on Amalia about um, one of our writers, Mahin. She had a conversation with the guy that she was getting married to about them both getting STD, STD checked. Mm. Um, and she talks about how even if neither of you have had... Um, sexual relations it's still really important um to go and get checked and have that conversation i think actually on that note like it's, it's really good from a perspective of trust mm. like we're not here you don't need to divulge your past and mm. that so it's almost like you know what blanket for everybody mm. we'll all go to everybody yeah <laughs> when you say std check std gum clinic right yeah yeah, yeah 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 so you know the gum clinic again guys um it's usually walk in and i'm going to give some more advice as well you can get free condoms um so go to the gum and i think you can ask your gp it, there's actually a website you can if you google just like free contraception i did i prepared for the podcast i don't just know these things guys mm. um there's specific places you can go for free contraception and they give you like a big bag so you're not running out <laughs> yeah just to let you know um we all know about the six pack but anyway can i get your second underrated yeah please, um my second underrated is doing a voluntary role as a means to one get a job two acquire skills three garner experience and four expand your networks wow that sounded so good um <laughs> yeah so volunteering um obviously story time before amalia um i had studied business management my specialization was hr and marketing um i was unemployed for a brief amount of time it was kind of when I started practicing left the corporate world did all that drastic stuff and I wanted to find myself so I started volunteering I volunteered at Muslim Aid and I was volunteering in Lewisham I can't remember what it's called now somewhere on my CV but a place where they do they help basically refugees into work housing uh, medical care a range of things and I was just basically admin assistant there did a bit of paperwork and then Muslim Aid was kind of the same worked in the voluntary department and obviously ask for your expenses to be paid because you know you're not making money so get that travel paid um some places also do lunch some might do a bit more than that um and both of those experiences and places were so enriching for me like i acquired new skills i also found that i had skills in other areas which kind of gave me a sense of confidence because sometimes when you're sitting there and you're unemployed for quite a while it can you're in the conundrum of one you're not getting income and two your your confidence is eroding mm. So I would say even if it's not to garner skills networks or even look for a job, stay kind of a little bit busy. There's a lot of benefits to it, basically. And in terms of Muslim aid and the other place, after about two and a half months, I was offered like jobs for both of them. I wanted to take them both. But yeah, there was internally a position came around. And the thing is, you also look more favorable to the employer. Because they've seen, actually, they've seen your work. And obviously, they say they measure everyone fairly. But in all honesty, they've seen you work. It's mm. kind of an easier recruitment process for them as well. Because mm. they know what you're like. They know your skills. Um, you're already getting along with the staff. It's kind of quite an easy kind of transition as well. So <coughs> don't discount volunteering. And especially if you're doing a career chosen or embarking on something new. Yeah. 
volunteering is a really good way to figure out if you really want to do it also volunteering at any age as well because <coughs> i think that yeah when mm. people think about volunteering they think about it in the context Getting of work on your experience CV, yeah. yeah exactly building that up right at the beginning of your career mm. but like you said if you want to embark on a career oh, change, big lady yeah i i feel like um volunteering's growing a bit of a stigma mm. really yeah more because people like pay me pay me for my time pay me for my labor um but I think, like, I, I still do loads of free work, which yeah, I yeah. guess I would class as volunteering yeah. my time and skills. And I, th- I think people have to be a bit honest about the fact that if you're not being paid, there might still be some other benefit. Mm-hmm. Like, And I think people are just seeing payment as the only thing that is benefit and I get and I get it because we all got bills to pay and Mm -hmm. things like that but I regularly do stuff for free because it might help build my profile it might help um like I did a talk for free for a company a year ago and then this year they reached back out and they said oh you know um we'd like to have you back um as a paid opportunity and I think like even like mentoring and other things that I do for free or like talks for initiatives that I like yeah and I definitely like I totally agree with people getting paid for their work and things like that but I still do think there is a space for volunteering and just giving your time for free and if it is a burden to you and it's not in your capacity then you know don't do it um and yeah Okay. All right. We all good. Everybody have got uh, to put confidence and have a good, good week. And remember, your week could be a month. I also <laughs> find it quite fascinating that witchcraft has become so mainstream. But, you know, that's another conversation. Yeah. Oh, wow. There was a book in Oliver Bonas about the witch spells that you yeah. need to know wait did you never see that stuff when you were in high school not in the mainstream shops i did i remember what? seeing it yeah when i was in high school like urban outfits and stuff i'd see wicker stuff My all the time you what all right salam alaikum everybody have a live your best week. lives yeah. um everybody okay <laughs> keep an ear out for uh keep an ear and an eye out for two episodes coming up on the podcast uh, we've got a small talk episode coming out soon inshallah and we've also got um our on marriage episode as well so our small talk is about sex it is indeed let's talk about sex baby when's this let's podcast going hello everyone ilham here recording from brussels thank you for listening to this week's episode of two cents on the amali podcast we would love to get your feedback and hear about what you really took away or liked from this episode if you want to get in touch or read out next episode's credits, hit us up at contribute at amalia.com. You can also find us on Instagram at amalia underscore com and on Twitter at amalia underscore tweets. This episode was hosted and produced by Sarah Amin and sound designed by Mario Saad. Like, share and subscribe and we'll see you on the next one. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.